Hello, and thank you for joining us once again today for our weekly sermon. This Grand Life Theological Collective is a church based on the belief that there are many paths to God. God is the creator of the universe and smart enough to speak to all his people in the way that we will understand. Life is an adventure that we all learn from. We hope that we can experience it and learn from it with you. Some notice first the cottonwoods. For others, it's the fields flowering amidst the melting snow, or just the fact that snows retreat and the reappearance of browns and greens where there had been perpetual white. Spring has sprung again. That's right, spring has started. Animals are coming out of hibernation, plants are coming out of the soil, and the grass is green. It's a beautiful time. We all love spring. Spring represents an awakening. Its many images and symbols speak of rejuvenation. It's our coming out of winter's hibernation with energy and enthusiasm for what comes next. The song of the birds in the park, the grass already in need of mowing, the first shoots of color bursting forth from the dormant winter soil in our gardens. Life with all its challenges is seldom easy. In the face of those discouragements and difficulties, we need things that can lift up our spirits, families and friends, and greening of our neighborhoods, and the bursts of new life that comes each spring. This spring is extra special, though. After the winter that was 2020, with COVID-19 and what seemed one disaster after another, after another, after another, this year has sprung forward with hope. Hope for ourselves, hope for our family and hope for our nation. Among the many strengths and attractions of every religious tradition is the language and invitation of hope, of growth, and of new beginnings. This is true in the Christian tradition, which has its central motive, the Christ coming to life again from the grave. Even the name Easter is drawn from a spring festival that predates the Christian church called Yastra. As the winner Virgil Craft once put it, sorry, as the writer Virgil Craft once put it, spring shows what God can do with a drab and dirty world. Or, as I often say coming home from work, I've got to get out to my garden. Spring and hope are intertwined in the mind, in the body, and in the soul. In spring, nature conspires with biology and psychology to spark the basic needs that underlie hope, underline attachment, mastery, survival, and spirituality. It is true that hope does not melt away in the summer, nor is it rendered follow in autumn or perish in the deep freeze of winter, but none of these other seasons can match the bounty of hope that greets us each spring. Hope has been compared to light. It's been compared to heat. Carl Menninger called hope the indispensable flame of mental health. English writer Martin F. Tupper wrote, Though the breath of disappointment should chill the sanguine heart, speedily it grows again, warmed by the live embers of hope. Spring also brings added light and heat, sometimes so suddenly that 
speak of a virtual spring fever. The first day of spring marks the vernal equinox, a day that marks a balance of daylight and darkness. In the northern hemisphere, this amounts to an average increase of three hours of light since the winter solstice, roughly a 20% gain. With increased light comes a host of direct and indirect effects that improve mood and engender hope. Like spring, hope is also a 50-50 proposition. If our odds of achieving a particular outcome fall to less than 50%, we tend towards despair. If we are more than 50% certain that the outcome is going to be what we want, we are apt to become optimistic. When psychologist James Avril and his colleagues surveyed individuals about their chances of realizing various hopes, the average response was 50%. For this reason, I believe that some kind of faith must be present to ground our hopes. There has to be faith for hope. Hope acts as a bridge, transporting the individual from darkness to light, from entrapment to liberation, from evil to salvation. Aristotle likened hope to a waking dream. Samuel Johnson observed that the natural flights of the human mind are not from pleasure to pleasure. No, they're from hope to hope. We find hope in spring, and that is why spring is such a great time of the year. When you face difficult challenges, when your heart is broken, what gets you through? It's hope. Hope gets you through anything. Genesis 42:36 tells us their father Jacob said to them, You have deprived me of my children. Joseph is no more, and Simon is no more. And now you want to take Benjamin. Everything is against me. In this verse, Jacob, it, it, he's despairing of hope. He has no more hope. He has just learned that his sons, who had gone to Egypt to get a grain allotment during a famine, had been accused of being spies and had to leave Simon, one of the brothers behind in Egypt. An Egyptian prince was demanding that they go home and get their youngest brother, Benjamin, and bring him to Egypt if they ever wanted to see Simon again. Jacob's son, Joseph, had disappeared many years ago, and now the old man lamented, Joseph is no more. Joseph is dead in his mind, and Simon is no more, because Simon's now captured. And now you want to take Benjamin. Everything is against me. You might already know this Bible story, and if you do, then you know something that Jacob didn't know at the time. That Egyptian prince. Well, that Egyptian prince was actually Jacob's long-lost son, Joseph. Long before Joseph's brothers, they were jealous of him. Joseph was his father's favorite, the boy with the coat of many colors. His brothers got tired of playing second fiddle to Joseph. They sold him into slavery and told their father that he was dead. Joseph had been sold to a caravan on its way to Egypt. And once in Egypt, he had through a series of incredible circumstances and much luck, risen to a high position in the Egyptian government. He became the Pharaoh Secretary of Agriculture in charge of the Egyptian grain reserves. Now, many years later, he was dressed as an Egyptian prince. 
And, of course, his brothers didn't recognize him. They thought he was long gone. He was a slave somewhere. But Joseph, he recognized his brothers. And now Joseph, seated on a throne, had the upper hand. The tables were turned. He put one of the brothers in prison, awaiting the return of the other brothers with their youngest sibling, Benjamin, who was now their father's favorite. Jacob, the father, was in despair. There was a famine, and he had been depending on a grain allotment from their Egyptian masters. But he didn't know. And right when tragedy seemed to be striking him at every turn, with one son missing and presumed dead, one son in prison, one son being threatened, his heart was breaking. But something good was about to happen. Something better than what Jacob's wildest dreams could be. For when the family arrived in Egypt, Joseph revealed himself to his brothers and forgave them. Jacob had all of his sons restored to him, even the one he thought was long dead. When I learned this story so many years ago, it quickly became one of my favorite Bible stories. And it still is. It's a story of forgiveness. It's a story with a happy ending. And in the Bible, not all stories have happy endings. But most importantly, it's a story of joy and a story of hope. And like spring, a story of new beginnings. There are a lot of other Bible stories that don't turn out so well. There are plagues. There's murder. There's floods. Slavery, rape. And, of course, wars. But the story of Joseph is a bright spot. And it's even within the realm of possibility. It doesn't require any miracles. It doesn't require any magic. It only requires hope some determination, and at the end, forgiveness. Despite what his brothers had done to him, Joseph forgave them, and he shared his good fortune with them. It's a story with a happy ending, a story of forgiveness, a story that gives us all hope. The ability to feel hope is so important. Many people fail to realize the importance that hope really is. Besides helping you feel better when times are tough, being hopeful will increase the chances of things actually working out for you. So, I hope this spring you're able to feel just a little more hopeful. And may the Lord show you the greatness of His goodness that you overflow with thanks every day. May the Lord bless you abundantly with rest for the heart, power for virtue, wisdom for life, and patience in suffering. May the Lord bless you with joyful hope and one day with the inexpressible joys that you deserve in your life. And thank you once again for listening to this week's sermon. This Grand Life Theological Collective is based on the belief that there are many paths to God. God is the creator of the universe, and he is more than smart enough to speak to all his people in ways they will understand, in diverse ways. And there are lessons from all religions that we can learn.
Life is an adventure that we must all experience and learn from. We hope that we can experience it and learn from it together. Now to find out more about us, please visit us at Facebook at This Grand Life Theology or email us at thisgrandlifetheology at gmail.com. Thank you and have a great week. Thank you.